The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Welcome. Welcome to this week's Tech Cat Show. Wow, we have a pretty rowdy crowd out there today, and it's a little cooler in Los Angeles. Perfect timing to get back into the future with this week's guest, who's the fabulous Ari Popper, who is truly a futurist. Ari is the founder and CEO of SciFutures, a technology research and foresight agency that literally uses science fiction prototyping to help companies and brands understand how they're going to stay relevant in today's incredibly uh, disruptive times. And I think we're all used to watching science fiction as, as a form of entertainment, but the amazing thing, and we talk about this all the time, us geeks, is how Star Trek and Star Wars and all the things that we have seen in our favorite uh, science fiction franchises, even in the in the dystopian dystopian ones, are all coming true. Um, and we're starting to see devices in our homes. We're starting to interact with screens everywhere. All sorts of things are now playing out that we all watched um, on TV and in movies over the last ten years, and it's really fascinating. So, without further ado, let's introduce the futurist Ari Popper. Hello, Ari. <laughs> well, someone just threw underwear at the stage. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Hi, Ari. How you doing? Hi. Hi. Good. Hi. Thanks for uh, thanks for the massive crowd. <laughs> well, it's hard to keep people back when you have <laughs> yeah, your exactly. accent. You know, you know how the ladies in America love your accent. Yes, of course. Well, it's great to be here, Laurie. Thanks for having me. Well, where are you uh, calling in from today? I am up in San Francisco. I'm actually sitting in a little quiet spot on one of our clients uh, in one of our clients' buildings. So I'm happy I, happy I found a nice quiet place to, to chat to you. Are you allowed to tell us which client you're hanging out with today? I believe I am. It is uh, Visa. Not a heard of them. <laughs> yes, in fact, I think I owe them some money, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but uh, perhaps, Ari, tell, tell us what does Sci Futures do? It's such an interesting combination, uh, combination of things, science fiction and future and making a company out of science fiction. So what, what is Sci, Sci Futures all about? Yeah, we, what, what Sci Futures does, we're about a four-year-old company. And uh, what we do is we help our clients build and prototype sci-fi-like um, inventions. So we, we actually um, develop sci-fi-inspired innovations for our clients to allow them to understand where their businesses should be going and could be going. And and is it like laser guns? Um, yeah, laser well, guns? if I wanted a laser gun, and potentially we could create that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's typically what we do is we, a client will come to us and say, what is the future of our industry? And then working with science fiction storytellers and co-creating with our client, we will help them imagine 
the very sci-fi-like future that is grounded in all the emerging technologies, some of them you alluded to in the introduction, um, grounded in some of the trends, and we'll tell stories, science fiction stories, because any, any story about the future really is sci-fi. And then out of that will come inventions, new inventions that reimagine in a positive way and disruptive way where our clients' businesses could and should be. Um, and then we'll build them for them. We'll actually prototype and, and construct these sci-fi-like inventions. God, that that is fascinating. And do you do you think when you first meet with clients that they actually understand what you're going to be doing with them? You know, um, I think they do. Um, I think they do. I think what they don't understand is the... Well, what they don't um, realize until they get into it is how profound um, the times are that we live in and, and what you think of as sci-fi is actually more science fact. Um, you know, the, the famous saying, the future is here, it's just not evenly distributed. Um, yeah. And so, so when clients work with us, um, they understand what they're going to get, but I don't think they really anticipate how much change, how how. Um, profound the change is going to be and how it's going to affect their business. And so by working with us, they get a much deeper sense of how their businesses are, are transforming and going to have to transform. And that's not always a um, pleasant feeling. Uh, you know, um, I have a famous, famous person said, the only person who likes change is a baby with a wet diaper. Um, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so when our clients start to go through that change process, um, it, is, it is a little a little difficult and painful, but tremendously worth it when they go through it. So I know the interesting thing about your background is that you're coming from marketing and consumer research, and so that's what makes this really ground in validity, right, is that you're really backing up sort of the... Uh, the creative thinking of the science future, you know, that sort of entertainment um, creative thinking, but you're also backing into real data about your client's business. Yeah, absolutely. This is a very, um, although we have a lot of fun and it's a very, you know, it's cool and it's um, kind of a um, sexy space to be in. It's a very serious business because ultimately what we are talking about is innovation and meaningful innovation. Um, and if you are able to, if we are successful and able to help our clients create meaningful innovation, what that is going to transfer into is, is generating tremendous value for our clients uh, and wealth and future wealth. Um, so, yeah, although it is, um, you know, fun, it is also deadly serious business because ultimately it's about ensuring that our clients are successful in, the, in this rapid change and, you know, in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Can you give us just some examples? Because I know um, I've watched this business grow. I mean, in all full disclosure, your business partner is actually my husband. And, uh, and I knew you. I had heard of you. Um, before and we've we've um, I've interviewed you before and, and told folks this, but I had heard about you from quite a few different people because we were both looking at the future. I was running a technology lab for a large Marcom company, and you were doing forms of this before you officially formed Sci Futures as well. So can you can you talk a little bit about like some examples of how this has played out with clients? Yeah, I mean it's hard. Some of the work that we do, well, actually a lot of the work that we do is confidential because 
when you're talking about future strategies and, and particularly innovation strategies, um, it's very um, top secret. You know, we call it secret science fiction. But there, there have been some instances now over the four, last four years where we are able to publicly talk about the work that we do. So a couple, a couple of case studies was for Hershey. So Hershey, we all know Hershey, right? The big, big candy. The chocolate company. people. Yes. Um, We're, we all like there. chocolate. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, and Hershey's a very interesting company because they have been quite um, deliberate in terms of understanding disruptive emerging technologies and how it could change their business, in particular in the space of 3D printing. So Hershey have formed a relationship, a partnership with 3D Systems, which is one of the most successful and one of the largest 3D printing companies in the world, and to figure out um, how to 3D print confectionery and ultimately chocolate. So we were brought in to help Hershey imagine and understand what the implications of their business could be and maybe should be um, if you can 3D print confectionery. Um, so not just from a consumer point of view, you know, from the customer point of view, but also from the entire business chain, you know, supply chain point of view. Um, so that was a fascinating project that resulted in the creation of new um, innovations that could tap into the power of 3D printing. Um, and, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with 3D printing, it's a bit of a misnomer. It's not a good name because you're not really 3D printing. Well, you are, but what you really are doing is making stuff out of nothing and it removes a lot of the friction in distribution and it gives you um, pretty much a very broad degree of degrees of freedom in terms of what you can print. Um, you're not restricted to a candy bar in a certain size. Um, you, can, you can create and design um, really wonderful uh, articulations of your imagination and 3D print it. So anyway, so that was a great, um, great example that we can talk about. And uh, well, the other one is... Uh, well, yeah, before you ahead, get into sorry. another one, because we're going to have to take a break in a minute, but I actually got yeah. to to taste some of this and to see it play out at last year's Consumer Electronics Show. And it, it's literally fascinating because you can imagine in the future having a Hershey printer in your house and you have some kids over and you could just press the button and print any candy you want. And actually, if your kid's a diabetic or if they're gluten-free or whatever, you can imagine that you would start to program this, correct? Like really dial into the nutrition of the product you're printing. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you add in other emerging technologies like Internet of Things and, and smart homes. And all of a sudden, your home is analyzing and understanding what you need um, based upon the amount of guests you have, the type of guests you have, the weather patterns, you know, big data analysis, and all of a sudden it's not just 3D printing. Um, a chocolate bar is 3D printing something very smart and very tailored towards um, you know, each individual. God, it, it is absolutely fascinating. So you're literally bringing all the latest technology options and then sort of mapping it to this science fiction storytelling around the brand so that what will come out of it is something that has never been born before. That's exactly right. You know, we do the visioning and the ideation, but really what we are is a prototyping company. We, we um, want to, and most of our goal is to ultimately create something, whether it's um, a new product, a new service, a prototype of how clients could do business in the future. Um, our goal is to give them something tangible. 
God, that is so cool. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit more into what are some of the the trends that you're actually seeing um, from a technology perspective that you're leveraging? Like what are some of these really emerging platforms, really science fiction-like tech that you're bringing clients to, to clients for the very first time that will ultimately turn into chocolate, for instance. So when we come back, more Ari Parper and the future. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. All right, and welcome back as we continue chatting with the fabulous Ari Popper, CEO of Sci Futures, which is a technology research and foresight agency that literally uses science fiction and prototyping to help companies understand the future. And so if you're sitting on top of the future and looking at science fiction and trying to imagine, you know, where a company is going to go, you're obviously looking at new tech all the time. So how do you do that? How do you continuously look at new tech? Yeah, it's a great question because it's this, you know, rapidly evolving, um, fairly ambiguous um, space where you're not quite sure what's real, what isn't, what's tangible, what isn't. Um, but you know, we everyone who works for us is constantly reading, scanning, um, developing relationships with um, startups. Um, we follow, you know, the technology press and the startup community very, very closely, as well as the incubators and universities. And you know, we would all be doing that. Even if we weren't working, we just love it and we're just fascinated about it. Um, so we we use that um, to ground and inform um, where um, you know where emerging technology 
is is happening and where exciting things are happening. And and it's, you know, all around us and, and it's um really cool. So some of the areas that um we were following really early, you know, almost three, four years ago where um, you know, before Oculus Rift the um virtual reality headgear was even you know, bought by Facebook. It was it was still on Kickstarter. We were we were deeply embedded in the whole three D um, augmented reality, virtual reality ecosystems. Um, and so now, looking back three years later, um, it's fascinating to see how um, much interest and how big that industry is becoming. And obviously, it hasn't even started yet. But we do a lot of work in VR and AR. Um, the other areas where, that I think have the potential to be even larger um, around, you know, Internet of Things as devices um, and everyday objects become smart and become sensor, you know, have sensors put on them um, and become connected with each other. Um, we're getting this tremendous Internet of Things ecosystem that's developing. That's also emerging very, very quickly. Um, and then you look at things like big data and AI and biometrics, um, so that's using machines to um, monitor human beings and understand them um, and understand their biometrics. Um, and when, when you combine all these different technologies, you know, you can throw 3D printing in there and autonomous vehicles, throw, throw all of them in, what you get is this very rich and dynamic ecosystem of where the world could be going. And so our job is to take that content and tell stories about it and say, okay, if this is the environment and these emerging technologies are now more ubiquitous and available just like electricity is, um, you know, just like plumbing, indoor plumbing is, um, what does it mean for business? What does it mean for how people shop, how people engage with our clients' brands? And the best way to do that is through storytelling, through science fiction storytelling. Do you find that um, in terms of the Internet of Things, because I know everybody likes to talk about that, um, but I, I've seen a lot of things like connected toothbrushes and sort of silly things like that. That's not really what we're talking about, right? Or yeah, are we? I mean, it, it is and it isn't. Yeah, so, so this, you know, when, if you look at the evolution of technology, um, you look at the evolution of emerging technology, you, you, it starts out to, to be quite you know, clunky and silly. So, yeah, you do get silly applications. Maybe connected toothbrushes are bad. Is a silly example today. But as the technology matures, it goes through that hype cycle into, um, you know, into something that's quite profound and, and interesting. And then it's almost so profound that it becomes uninteresting. It's just ubiquitous. Um, but, yeah, we're looking at all of that. Um, and what we're trying to do is give our clients an early... Um, opportunity and early read on where they could and should be, where they can add tremendous value. Um, so if you have a, a better understanding of the Internet of Things ecosystem, if you have a, a good intuitive, deep understanding of what your business needs to do to be successful in that evolved um, and more mature ecosystem, and you can start working on that today, you can really get ahead of the game and, and almost invent and create that preferred future before anyone else or, yeah. um, you know, set the rules. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it is gimmicky and stupid and silly, but, um, you know, that has a, has a role to get us ultimately where we need to be. 
I mean, I love um, one of the things that we're using in our house right now, and I think I talked yeah. about this the other week, is um, the Amazon Echo, which has named itself Alexa, where you walk into the room and you just talk to this little tower and you tell it to play music and to give you the news. And I know some friends of mine are using it to turn the lights on in their house and, um, you know, start to start to connect it to connected home stuff. So that that makes sense to me because that has utility and, and yeah. it's ad- adding value to my ha- to my house and to my life. And, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, the challenge is always discovery. Like, I can't remember always the linguistics around how to ask it to play a certain playlist. And I can't even always remember what playlists I created. So, uh, you know, I wish that discovery would get even more detailed where I could just say emotionally, I'm in yeah. the mood for something morning-like, you know, but it, it's not quite there yet. No, it isn't, but, you know, it will get there, and it'll be, it's going to be really interesting where it begins to anticipate your needs, right? So if Yeah, that, that would bio, be awesome. Yeah, like biometrics, you know, okay, Laurie's, Laurie's a little down today, and she's got a radio show in a few hours, so we've got to pep her up. <laughs> well, I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> yeah, and print you out some you, some chocolate to uh, to to get really high from from the sugar, in, unless right. I decide to make it sugar free. But but that's where you see brands then sort of attaching brand attributes to that utility, so that right. maybe a brand will come along, and you'll download you know the Hershey playlist on the Amazon Echo, and so I'll hear really really peppy music to reflect confectionery or something. Do you think that's how it might go down? It could. I mean, what I think, I think the future of brands are algorithms. I really do. And, and what I mean by that is I think that brands are going to be, because brands are ultimately about expressions of um, what people want to think and feel about themselves in any kind of moment. Um, so you choose a certain brand to reflect what you want to think and feel um, so I think when big data and IoT and AI has become sophisticated enough, and I'm not, this isn't overnight, this is you know in a while, it, algorithms are going to plug in, and brands are going to understand wherever you are in a point in time, and they're going to sponsor that moment, and the algorithm is going to understand that. To your point, Laurie, this is a Hershey moment. You know, this is. This is definitely appropriate for me to be here in this space and time. Um, and that could be a moment of joy or a moment of connection or a moment of happiness. Um, or, you know, a moment of sophistication with, with other brands. And so the more sophisticated the algorithm and the better it is able to understand where you are and in what space you are. Um, and the more accurate and the more natural the fit is with the brand, the more powerful I think that kind of brand bonding and connection is going to be. So I know it sounds, it sounds a little ambiguous right now and a little high level, but ultimately as the world becomes, you know, digital, even more digital, more connected and more data driven, um, brands are going to have to be algorithms. They're going to have to understand that data and where they fit in. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 to- I totally understand what you're saying because the truth is that we all have, affinity for brands right now for different reasons and that they can continue to drive value in this modern world then why wouldn't we lean more to them so if there's a device that fulfills a need of course I would 
be more prone to engage with that brand if they were providing that, right? So if, if Hershey is providing me the ability to bring nutrition into my home and personalize it, then I'm going to choose Hershey, right? Because they've created this avenue for me. Yeah, and you will, you will begin to associate Hershey with nutrition and understanding my needs in an intelligent and absolutely perfect way. And the more you begin to trust that, that relationship and that association, which will be determined by the strength of the algorithm. So the better the algorithm is at predicting what you need and delivering on it, and the more you um, trust that algorithm and that association, the stronger your relationship will be with that brand. Yeah, absolutely. So if I'm looking for a wild and adventurous, fun moment, I will trust the Red Bull, let's say algorithm, because it it, it delivers that and it knows how to, how to deliver it to me in a unique way that's really appropriate for me. Um, but very, very interesting. And I think a little, little scary too, because it brings yes. up a lot of privacy issues and a lot of personal freedom issues. Um, but that's the sort of thing we've got to look at and really understand. Well, privacy is just an illusion anyway. I mean, I try not to think about yeah. it too much, but the All truth right. is the truth is that you like when things are personalized and that and they're relevant and contextual to you. So um, I, I don't want to think too much about how that happened or why it works. Because I think it would freak me out. So a little bit, I'm sticking my hand in the my head in the sand about it. But when yeah. a personalized, relevant experience is delivered to me, that actually, you know, makes my life easier. I'm I totally dig it. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, and, and you know, I think it's it's kind of um, we're living in a time where you know um, where the where the frogs are in the pot and sl- it's slowly boiling, and we're not kind of realizing it's getting hotter and hotter and our privacy is kind of gone. Um, We're boiling boiling frogs. Well, and and you you do know a lot and you've always um, seemed to have an understanding for for what's coming. So when we come back, I'd love to find out, like, how do you keep up with everything? And I know we all um, read a lot of trade magazines and, you know, both on the brand side, advertising side, tech side. But, but it, it, takes, it almost takes more than that right now, right, to keep up with this chaos because you almost can't sleep. I mean, do you sleep? Um, probably as much as you do, Laurie. Probably very little. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah, aware of my sleep that. deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, there's so much to be thinking about. And also, I feel like because of the amount of newsletters we all get, and because of all these different folks who are claiming to be the, um, the providers of that curation, um, it's hard to know what to read and what to believe, you know, what is real and what wasn't, what isn't real. I mean, almost like we're all trying to craft our own personal algorithms, too, for how we get through our day with information, um, you yeah. know, I agree. And I think the things that are interesting for me is, is not so much what is what is going to be what is meaningful, what isn't meaningful, what's real, what isn't, but what do we want it to be, and then how do we create it? So knowing what's knowing what's emerging, knowing what opportunities and what technologies and what um, uh, yeah opportunities are out there, using our imagination. So, so to answer your question, if we if we use our imagination 
and create a story of where we'd like to be and how we'd like it to be. That, to me, is really the exciting thing about the times. We're not passively following trends. You know, we're actively creating our preferred futures by, you know, taking a stake in what we believe and going out and building it. And that, those are the clients and those are the projects that we they really excite us. That's because great. You can right, really well, get things done. All right, we're going to be yeah, we're okay. going to be uh, coming right back in a moment to okay. hear more about the future and and how we keep up with it, and also maybe what's what's coming up to to uh, to be excited about when we come back. More with Ari Popper. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying, but when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune in to Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increase margins, listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Business. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. All right, and we were talking about algorithms and the future with Ari Popper, CEO of SciFutures. So, Ari, one of the things that I often feel, and I'm sure many of our listeners feel, is sort of overwhelmed right? Like by all the new stuff and who do we believe and what's real and what isn't real and what should I invest in? So where do you sort of get your inspiration from so that you know what you're reading and what you're consuming is real and enough to act on? Yeah, that's a really hard question to answer because it, it's... I only ask hard questions, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, we don't evaluate. Um, we're not... Um, 
putting <coughs> friends, technologies, um, opportunities side by side and, and doing a big, you know, big logical evaluation of it. And because I, I strongly believe that's a full errand because things are changing so quickly that by, by the time you've evaluated, something else has come up or um, you're evaluating it through your present day lens and it warps the potential of where you could be. What, what, what we do is we say, okay, this is what we think are the really exciting core cool emerging technologies and trends, things that are happening around us. Now, let's use our imaginations through storytelling and create researches <laughs> um, for us, grounded in, in you know, emerging technologies. And then let's pick the one or the ones that we really, really like, and then let's go out and build it. Let's go and see if we can actually make that happen. And that might mean building and prototyping something very tangible and physical that's very sci-fi-like. And what we've found over the four years that we've been doing this is that you can build it. You can actually create sci-fi-like prototypes that come straight out of your imagination. Um, it might not be exactly how you intended it to be in the original incarnation. Um, it might be even more sci-fi-like. But that's, that's the way that we operate. That's the paradigm that we look at it. So rather than trying to keep up, um, it's more about let's build and create what's preferred for us. And I know one of the things that you did, you know, two yeah. years ago that got a lot of press was building a, you know, sort of hollow room almost, uh, hollow deck like in Star in Star Wars, Star Trek. I'm getting my stars mixed up. Star Trek. Oh, my God. Patrick Stewart will never talk to me again. Star <laughs> Trek, <laughs> where you would walk into Lowe's room and be able to build the future of your kitchen or bathroom or whatever it is. And that's a real practical application of a you know very future technology especially two years ago which is virtualization of you know of your rooms and your home so that that's a great example of you taking you know a future idea but mapping it to a current need right yes exactly absolutely I mean at the time when we wrote the future of home improvement story it was you know quite a while ago three and a half years ago uh, three years ago but it was um it felt very sci-fi-like. So the idea that you could step into any room in your house and change out in real time, redecorate in a digital virtual reality environment. And then once you're happy with the room that you've designed, you can wave your hand and the next day or in the next few hours, a Lowe's truck appears. They pull out the old stuff and put in the new stuff. And when it's renovated, it looks exactly how it did in your visualization. So that feels very sci-fi-like. But actually, when we started to prototype, um, we actually found that it, it wasn't that difficult. And now today, with virtual reality and with the ability to create 3D digital objects of almost everything quite easily or a lot easier than it was in the past, um, that future is, is not as difficult, not as far away. So there's an ad right now on TV that Home Depot is actually showing of people using their smartphones to change the walls in their room uh, in, a, in real time. So you hover your phone over a wall and you change it from, you know, beige to orange or whatever. That's cool. Um, and again, you know, that's, that's sort of hollow room-like, isn't it? Or hollow deck Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was what you guys were doing a couple of years ago. I mean, uh, and yeah, when you think while. about the behavior surrounding shopping for room renovation. And I know that, you know, my husband and I fight like cats and dogs about stuff like that. <laughs> so being able to have 
visualization tools because he's always wrong. But um, <laughs> but um, I think most cu- most couples. I mean, if you walk into any you know, repair place or fix it place or do it yourself place, you know, the Mm. the majority of the demographic in there is couples arguing um, about how to do something. So being able to see it is so practical. So, you know, when you talk about like uh, a brand coming along and even small businesses, um, can they get in this game with you? Or do you have to be like a fortune, you know, 50 or 100 or 500 to, to be able to spend a lot of money and, and, engage with you or or can anyone start to innovate now well i think i think you know we we've deliberately chosen to work with fortune 500 and that's uh you know we we are doing some pro bono work as well um but um you know on the one hand it is overwhelming as you say but on the other hand um the barriers to entry because technology is so disruptive the barriers to entry are so much lower so you know, right now, um, there could be somebody right out of school, you know, in their in their garage inventing, you know, the next industry killer. Um, and the reason why it's, it's easier to do is because um, there's this complete democratization of information. You know, we, can, we all have access to information or, you know, pretty easily online. And um, the rules of the game are changing. I mean, they're changing in almost every industry. You know, like Airbnb is completely disrupted, you know, um, the hotel industry and, and um, of course, Uber, the transportation industry, and um, and in, in payments as well. And just seeing the new and interesting payment technologies disrupting. So I think, on the one hand, yeah, it is hard to keep up with it all. But on the other hand... Um, it's actually quite easy um, with all the developer tools and with the democratization of information for you to be able to create some really interesting innovations. But do you have to be, you know, like a tech geek to be able to play in this space? You know, do you have to be a programmer and a coder um, or at least have programmer, programmers and coders working for you? Or can, can someone who understands their brand and, want, want, and knows that they have to disrupt it, can they play too? Or do they just have to, you know, do they read science fiction? Like, how do, how do people move through this? You know, I think, I think you do need to have some kind of, if you, if you want to prototype some kind of software or some kind of sci-fi-like um, digital experience, yeah, then you're going to need access to or at least have the ability to create code and, and to program. But no, you don't have to be you don't have to be a geek. Um, you know, in the true sense of the word, what I think what you need is passion for um, your industry and your and your idea, and you need to um, have imagination. And then you need you need you know a good old fashioned entrepreneurial spirit and, and the qualities that inventors typically have had, you know, of drive and, and really wanting to build something and see it happen. Um, if you have all that, then, you know, you can find developers, um, I think, quite easily. And there are a lot of outsourced developer shops that you can hire to work for you. You give them the brief and they'll build something for you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you don't need to be a coder or, you know, developer yourself to be able to do this. But is this still the area where you have a couple of interns hacking away at stuff, or do you have to have a chief innovation officer or a digital officer? I mean, should someone at a high level in your company be always looking out, you know, down the block? And how far out? Yeah, yeah I mean, if, you, if you're talking about um, 
Fortune 500 company? Yes, I, I really do believe that. I think I mean, that's why you're seeing a lot of these big companies creating innovation labs, right? Which are these futuristic, um, you know, pseudo, if a brand was existing in the future, this is things that would be happening, spaces. Um, and, and it achieves two things. One, it gives them the ability to um, play um, in a fairly safe environment that's not going to threaten the, the mothership. Um, but the other thing that it does is it also gives them the ability to start to learn and apply um, what these new technologies could do to their business. So, yeah, if, if, the, if the company isn't doing it or isn't looking five to ten years out or isn't experimenting or isn't engaging with startups or with millennials or with new developers, then, you know, they are, they are, in, they are in danger of, of, getting, of getting blindsided or disrupted. Um, I think what I'm seeing, Laurie, is that most of the clients that we're engaging with now are definitely getting on board. They're definitely thinking, you know, we need an innovation lab or we need some kind of strategic partnership with, um, you know, incubators and startups. We need to make visits out to Silicon Valley and, and um, you know, so we're definitely seeing more of that. But I think I think they could go way further. I mean, they should all have a friendly neighborhood tech cat on their payroll to to help them out, out do this because I have so many colleagues who are running businesses and they just haven't made this a budget item. And so even though they know they need to do it, it you know, they're so um, deeply in the weeds of the day-to-day and the KPIs that they were assigned six months ago that they can't seem to wretch themselves out of that. So... You know, are you seeing more brands sort of mid-year disrupt their budget cycle to invest in this? Because these budget cycles are, are yearly, and now a year seems like so long to to be, base one story about your company on. It feels to me like you have to reevaluate that budget continuously. I, th- I think you're right, and it's a massive challenge. Um, and I think, you know, depending on the organization, I mean, some some are doing that quite nicely and some aren't. But if I was CEO of a big Fortune 500, um, absolutely I'd be looking to disrupt myself all the time. I would have a dedicated team figuring out how to put myself out of business. Um, that's what I would do. Right. And you know, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to. Um think about it like that but it really is a almost a day by day week by week thing all right well we have one more break we're gonna um leave ari for a moment and leave all of you to be thinking about how you're going to disrupt your own futures and when we come back um we'll talk about some more clients that ari is working with some business categories and who's doing the most interesting work out there to really keep ahead of all the ubers and airbnbs who i'm sure are going to be disrupted themselves soon we'll be back soon From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. 
If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. All right, and we're back with the fabulous Ari Popper, and we're talking about the future and how to how to innovate, how companies can innovate. Um, they're small or big, really. And so my question to Ari is, can you just give some examples? Um, I know you're not allowed to talk clients, but what are some business categories doing right now, you know, in terms of activating what you're talking about? Like, wh- what what are some of the categories that you think are really going to be leading to the future? Yeah, I think, you know, automation, so, you know, um, the automotive industry. So what does it mean when cars are driving themselves? And is that going to happen, like, tomorrow, or, like, how far away is that? You know, I think it's still a a fair bit away. Um, I think the technologies are getting really close. Um, They're not perfect, but they're certainly getting close. And you've got big players like Google going after it, and I think even Uber's talking about developing their own And and, uh, Tesla, I have some friends that are working at a company called uh, Tesloop, where they actually... Um, are going to be automating um, sort of shared car rides from like Vegas to LA and Palm Springs to LA and sort of a few hours cool. of driving. So that that could be cool. Then I could really be texting while I'm driving. Finally, yeah, and you, you could get your <laughs> Vegas holiday started as you leave um, LA. That's right. right? <laughs> I won't have to hide um, the drinks now. You go ahead, go ahead, Larry. I said I won't have to hide the alcohol now. I'll just, you know, be yeah, drinking exactly. while I'm driving. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so automotive, um, automotive is, yeah. is really, uh, leading the way. And, and, and who else? Who else? What other business categories do you think are really innovating? Well, I wouldn't say they're leading the way, but they're definitely getting into it. But, you know, you're looking at um, this, this whole um, area of quantified self, right? Of being able to monitor your own activities, get data about it, and then make different decisions based on that data. That is really fascinating and, you know, pretty much untapped, I think. Um, so for brands that are in personal care space, whether it's, um, you know, personal hygiene or oral care, um, there's massive opportunities there to um, use quantified self-data to really change the category. Because think about it, up to now, um, you know, if you're working, if you, you know, the way we've brushed our teeth, it really hasn't changed very much at all. Um, or the way that we wash or groom ourselves really hasn't changed. Um, but when you start to add in quantified self data, so um, you know how well we are, or, you know how clean we are, or um, you know biometrically what's going on in our bodies, 
and you can accurately um, quantify that, um, that's really fascinating because now brands aren't just about, um, you know, buying and using them one off, having a vague sense something's happened and then going on. You can now really see what's happening and track it and gamify it and change the whole. It, it, it takes a very kind of passive experience and makes it a lot more active and personal. So that's an area that I'm looking very closely at and very, very interested in. My clients are quite interested in too. And that, that for you personally has also been significant because in, in the end, if you're a futurist or working with brands, some of this has to connect back to you personally and you're an avid yeah. r- runner, correct? So do you use a lot um, of this yeah. tech to track your own data? I do, yeah. And then I think that's partly why the running is the most, you know, the popularity of running is just boomed. And I believe that it's because we're now able to really, you know, get fairly detailed information about what, what's happening on our run, you know. And it, for me, as a geek, it's really fun. Um, and I really think it's brought a lot of new people into, not not just running, but into, um, you know, fitness and exercise in, in a really big way. And that's like knowing, like, how you're breathing or is it like how fast you're running or is it really about, like, what you're capillaries are doing like crazy detail stuff like that <laughs> uh, not that detailed, but you know i think you know at a very basic level and there's, there's some conflicting accounts about how accurate this information is but that aside um let's presume you're not fairly accurate um you know you get your stride length you get your heart rate you get your speed you get your location you get you know your ele- elevation um and then you know you're just tracking that, that those data points um over time uh, you know, you can get your VO2 max, which is a measure of how much, or, or basically how fit you are. Um, you just add all. Oh, I don't those. know. I don't know if I want to know that, <laughs> or not, or not yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, it just makes it makes exercising fun. So now you can benchmark, you can see where you are, you can track your improvement. Wow. You know, and, and it's something that you would have, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, it would have been just intuitive. Or you, you know, you're, if you had a very sophisticated lab and, and, and you're an elite athlete, you might be able to get that information. But now anyone can have that information, um, and then you can track it on, online, and then you can see how you compare to other people, and you can gamify it, and it becomes social. And um, I think that's really interesting, and I think that's why you have like Fitbit, um, you know, doing so well, and and, and um, all these new digital tracking companies coming up. But I think brands, everyday brands, you know, like toothpaste brands and like hygiene brands. And, I mean, they there's a massive opportunity there for them to, to really also tap into that. And tap into to wellness and, and expand yeah. upon all, all that data. Yeah, because the, the data is overwhelming, but what you're really saying is it's the interpretation of the data in a way that both businesses and consumers can understand it. Because, you know, when you say big data, I just, you know, I want to like close my eyes because I don't know what it really means. But what you're talking about is like insights from smaller data that will impact our lives. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, even insurance industry or you know, even credit card companies. Um, again, we're getting to some privacy stuff issues yeah. but that aside for now, um, think of the value that they could bring to their customers and consumers by giving them insight into how they live and what, um, that, you know, how they can improve their life, and not just physically and health-wise, but, you know, on all levels. Um, and it, taking that big data, to your point, Laurie, and, and mining it for small data or for insights that are really profound, um, that to me is a tremendous opportunity for brands to create new relationships with their customers in a really meaningful way. 
again, privacy issues aside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that will always yeah. always be the battle. Well, is there yeah. anything um, that Sci Futures is doing um, in the next year that we'll be, we'll be seeing or any, any place you guys are speaking or presenting that we could check out? Yeah, so um, we're um, at the Four Eyes. We're doing an event in New York City in November. We'll be there. We'll be doing a little keynote presentation there. Um, we are going to be um, doing some work with our client for Visa and launching something around what they're doing. Um, can't say more than that, but it's going to be really fun, really futuristic, and really exciting. Um, yeah, and we're always uh, we're always um, out and about, and uh, yeah, so doing interesting our website things. Or, yeah. Appreciate so, it. so the four A's, and then um, and we'll look out yeah. for some some visa announcements. And then, yeah. lastly, is there any show or movie or book that you've read that you think is like really mind blowing sci fi? Like what what's turning you on in the sci fi world right now? You know, I've been reading some old sci fi right now. Just going back to um, the classics like Ursula Gwyn, The Dispossessed, and um, I am enjoying some of the. Uh, sci-fi that's on TV, although I like it more for the articulation of the technology than some of the storytelling hasn't been that great. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've had some great movies. Um, you know, Ex Machina was a really good one and uh, I really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, dare I say, Mad Max was probably one of my favorite sci-fis, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that was really interesting yeah. as well. Um, do you watch yeah. Rick and Morty? Rick and Morty on Adult uh, Swim? I have seen a few of them. Yeah, I, I really like yeah. I, I just love that for the science fiction because I just think it's, um, you know, it's taking science fiction and just plugging it into our culture, our human, very emotional culture, and, and making fun of it. And I, I think it's so smart. Um, and that's on Adult Swim and with Dan Harmon um, at, at the head of that. And I think it's just kind of brilliant because um, more and more I think – we're all looking to science fiction for those same insights that you guys are actually sitting on top of with Sci Futures. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the average person want, wants to definitely get ahead <laughs> of it all. <laughs> well, well, we're going to be uh, wrapping up the show now. Um, this has been Lori Schwartz, your friendly neighborhood technology catalyst here, bringing you tech trends impacting your business. And we've had the fabulous Ari Popper, um, founder and CEO of Sci Futures. And Ari, give us, uh, give us a little goodbye with your accent so we could uh, wrap up the show today. All right, Lori, thanks so much, and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys get a chance, uh, check out Sci Futures uh, website and look out for them at Four A's. And uh, you know, check out all the cool things they're doing, and uh, um, see if you can get some printed chocolate somewhere. Right, Hershey's, Hershey's, uh, some printed chocolate make your life better. Correct. Exactly. Well, thanks, Laurie. I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you again, and appreciate the opportunity to chat to you and your listeners. All right, everybody, take care. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week on the Tech Cat Show, Tech Trends Impacting Your Business. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 